0: Welcome to The Author Who Came to Tea.
1: Other beverages are available.
0: Hello, I am Caitlin.
1: And I am Grace. We are your hosts today. Our guest today, are a picture book author who has really done it all, ranging from audio dramas, short stories for adults, teaching, and more.
0: Her book, The Girl and the Dinosaur, has even been read out on CBeebies. Hello, Holly Hughes.
2: Hello, lovely to meet you both. So
0: thank you for coming.
2: Um, what's your favourite biscuit and how do you like your tea? Oh, OK, favourite biscuit. Oh, gosh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, favourite biscuit is, let me think, let me think. Oh, I tell you, my favourite biscuit actually is chocolate hobnob. So hobnob's are all right and chocolate digestive's are all right too. But the combination of a chocolate and a hobnob I think it's just like, I don't think you can beat that. So that would definitely be my favorite biscuit. Um, and uh, tea, I don't, I, I'm a typical writer and I drink a lot of coffee, too, far too much coffee, but I do like a cup of tea as well, um, especially in the afternoon. to have a cup of tea. So I like it quite strong um, and uh, no, just milk, no sugar. Um, quite strong, and if I was feeling particularly decadent, a proper, you know, like in a teapot and everything, would be lovely. I love going to like a little cafe, and you know, and they bring, and you have like the proper old fashioned, you know, when they use like the, you know, when they have like all the vintage stuff, like the proper yeah. old fashioned teapots yeah. and all the little teacups and everything, and it's all I love that. That's just brilliant. That just takes me right back to my childhood and my grandma and granddad taking me to places like that. So, yeah. So there, that, that's my, had <laughs> to think about it, but it's a serious question, isn't it? You've got to really think, you know, you have to think about your answer to that one.
0: <laughs> Whilst we were um, sort of looking up things online, um, your website mentioned that you've like always loved reading and writing from even when you were like really small. Um, and it also said that you made picture books when you were <laughs>
2: I did that's right yeah I I, I mean I um yeah I guess if I always say when I sort of go into schools and do visits if you know if somebody was said to me when I was about seven what do you want to do when you grow up you know that question that adults always ask you don't they what do you want to do when you grow up and they always mean your job they don't mean you know what hobbies do you want or what books do you want to read or films do you want to watch and things like that um and I would have always said that I wanted to be an author um so yeah I just kind of my first books were um were all about an earwig called Eric and (laughs) and I would kind of and I and in those days I would do the illustrations as well which I would never dream of doing now because my artwork is you know terrible um so I would write all the stories out and I would draw all the pictures then I would cut out all the pages and I'd staple them all together and I'd make these little books and uh, yeah it was all about Eric the earwig and all his other sort of creature friends and he would drive this um he had a he had a he made he basically had like a um what I called a potato skin car and it was he it was like the sort of what you get left over you know if you have a jacket potato and sometimes some people eat the middle out and some people leave some people eat the whole thing and some people leave the skin it was basically the leftover skin and he somehow managed to fashion it into this car um yeah so it's all all about his adventures so I I guess you could say I started started early
1: that that's so cool um <laughs> the earwig sounds really interesting
2: well it's funny because I always um I, I mean I can't really say to well I can't really say anything but um, about this but um I, I I always sort of make a joke about you know nobody ever bought that book and you know what a shame we haven't ever seen Eric the earwig on on the shelves um so I still I mean I I, I can't I can't really say anything it's very early days I'm not saying we're gonna see Eric but we might see something Possibly see something similar. <laughs> Maybe not with a potato skin car, though. <laughs> the
1: potato skin car is very interesting. I have a lot of memories with jacket potatoes.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, So you went from like earwig to mammoth and dinosaur.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't really, um, I didn't really write for a long. The um, those sort of early early attempts um and then I what it was I kind of um I'd I'd always thought I wanted I'd never stopped wanting to be a writer but like you know in those days you didn't really I hope it's different now for young people but in those days like nobody really thought well nobody in my sort of circle thought that anyone grew up to be a writer so adults would kind of say well yeah that's like something you do for fun isn't it you know nobody thought that it could be a job um maybe in other circles it would have been seen as a as a job, so I just went and did other things, and I I worked as a youth worker, and then I went on to teach. And it was many many years later that one day my husband came back from the library and um, he said, "Oh, there's this. You've always said you wanted to write. There's this competition in the library. It was just a local thing for a short story." And I wrote this competition, and I uh, wrote this story, and I got shortlisted, and uh, that was the start of my journey. Really. So it was it was just a story, just a short story. For And we had a little bit of, uh, we had some sort of development workshops and things as part of that. And uh, yeah, I just kind of started writing and my children were still quite young and they still really liked picture books. And I'd read, you know, probably thousands of Julia Donaldson's, sometimes in a week. (laughs) I just, you know, I suppose I just, I thought while I was was writing other things, writing stories, I was writing plays um, and I just started writing these children's stories and, um they were the first things to to get made into books and I guess it sort of became so that side of it kind of became my job um and that is what I would say my job is now I'm a picture book author I write picture books but um like a lot of people I've done you know I've done a lot of writing in lockdown I've recently written a a novel for grown-ups um which I'll so that's kind of been fun that's sort of been a hobby and I'm going to be starting again all over with that but uh but yeah, I, I suppose, um, I think, I mean, if, if Eric the Ewig was anything, it would have been a children's story. So I guess the children's stories were always in me. Sorry, I talk too much on these things. I get really nervous and then I just <laughs> talk too much. You have to cut me down.
1: <laughs> um, so you've written stuff for adults as well. So how is that
2: different in writing picture books? Um, I think... Like for years, I was I thought, oh, you know, writing a novel would be really hard, not because I think it's harder to write for adults, but because it's longer. It's just a lot more words. You know, you have to work on the same thing for longer. But then one of the things that I didn't perhaps realise before I started writing picture books is how long it takes to make a picture book. Um, And even the first bit, even the writing of the story takes longer than people think because there's so much involved. There's so much editing that goes into it. And then you've got to start you know which illustrator is going to work on it. You've got to think about how it's all going to lay out, how it's going to fit into 12, what we call 12 spreads. You've probably had other authors probably told you this, other picture book authors where you've got two pages make up a spread. Um, So you have 24 pages in a standard picture book, but 12 kind of double pictures, if that makes sense. And um, you've got to think about all that. You've got to think about, you know, you want things to be happening on every spread because it's a picture book. It wouldn't be much, it wouldn't be very interesting if there wasn't anything going on for the illustrator to work with. And of course, you want illustrators to want to work with you, to want to work on your books because um, if, the, if a book was boring, if, if the text was boring and there was nothing in it, an illustrator would think, oh, I don't want to work on that. You know, why, I'm, the illustrator's going to spend probably six months Maybe even a year working on the book, too. So they've got to pick their projects really carefully. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. It takes a really long time. So, actually, um, as it turns out, I think probably getting a picture book from the initial idea to the book on the shelf probably takes longer than a novel for grown ups. Um, but, yeah, I think writing for children is probably harder, actually, having done both now. Um, because when you're writing for grown-ups, you're just kind of, if I'm writing for a grown-up, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sort of thinking oh, I'm writing a story for me. Um, and I hope that other people are going to enjoy it too. There'll be other people who will also ha- find something in that story for them. But when it comes to writing for children, I have to get back into the child that I was and write for them. And that's harder to do. You have to kind of i feel like you have to get into that kind of um, mindset of of being a child, which is a great place to be um actually and it's a fun place to be and it's and sometimes it's a scary place to be, but you've got to get back in that mindset and sometimes it's hard to do that when you've got all of those adult kind of you know jobs to do cleaning to do errands to run books to balance bills to pay you know you have to kind of just forget all that and just um it's just kind of it's like play really for me I feel like a that's you've got to get into that part of your brain that fun playful part of your brain even if you're writing something quite serious
0: does
2: so that make sense? It did. <laughs> um,
0: your time as a youth worker helped you like write these children's stories because
2: you were like around children a lot more. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I mean, I worked with, um, with teenagers a lot, um, mainly. Um, but then I have worked in schools as well um, with younger children. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I, one thing that really helps me now um, is actually going into school still. And reading my stories and hearing their thoughts and um and getting their kind of perspective on things and I think you kind of I think it, I'm not saying you have to have that but I think you it, it helps me anyway I think it helps me because I just I think children do see the world um often see the world differently to grown-ups and also the things that children love in a book and not the things that always the grand that grown-ups love in a book so um there are lots of like amazing books that win awards and, um, you know, get brilliant reviews and things like that. But they're not necessarily the books that children love. Um, and sometimes it's the funny things in books that children really love. You know, sometimes it's the little things that really capture their imagination. And you, and it's great to hear that when when they say, when somebody says, oh, I love this part of your story or I love this character or I love, you know, it makes you feel really good and you'd never know that if you didn't, just go out and meet people really
1: I think that's very true and I think different stuff kind of appeals to different people and that's really important when writing a book
2: yeah it, um it's great when it kind of when something in there like captures someone's imagination and they say oh you know that this really made me think about something or it's made me want to write a book of my own or bring a st- bring something into my own work you know Um, it's great to have that connection because it feels like for me, um, writing books is like a dialogue, you know, like I'm writing something, I'm sending it out into the world, but it's not being sent out into the world, just, just to sit in the world. It's being sent out for somebody else to pick up and hopefully enjoy. Um, so it's great if you just get that kind of feedback that you see the, you know, the impact it's had, what it's, what it's meant to somebody, um, and I have to say, like, I've been really lucky. Um, probably not so much when I first started writing, but now I get lots of messages from parents all the time because children, the children that my books are aimed at, are often they wouldn't normally write to me themselves. They might, you know, they might send, if I'm really lucky, they might send a picture or something. Um, and it just absolutely makes my day when I get an email from a parent to say, you know, I've had to read your book all week, <laughs> for example. That's like the best feedback you can get, you know. Oh, I've just—I when they when they're practically saying I'm always sick of this book. I've read it so many times now, you know, because my child loves it. But that's that's you know the best feedback you had. I had a parent contact me a couple of weeks ago, and they said that their daughter had, had um, asked them to buy the book. Their seven-year-old daughter had asked them to buy one of my books, and they bought it, and they'd read it together, and they'd loved it. The pair of them. Um, and it had given them a really special sort of bonding moment, reading the book together. And that, to me, was just amazing. Like it was amazing that how did this seven-year-old even know about my book? Like where did she even see it? Did she was it read to her at school? How does she did a friend mention it? You know that was amazing enough. Then the thought that they had this kind of moment where together they um, they sat down and they had a bedtime story and they read the book and it was part of that 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 you know it's almost like you're part of people's lives in a really lovely in the loveliest way that you can be part of people's lives really so that I suppose for me is a very long-winded way of saying that's that's why I do it really mm-hmm. so it feels like I'm even though I'm not working with children anymore in my day job it feels like I'm still working with children if that makes sense just in a different way yeah.
1: that does make a lot of sense
2: <laughs> good because a lot of what I say doesn't make sense at all <laughs> You're probably going to hear loads of slurping when you play this back cuz I'm just drinking my coffee well. While, um while
1: we're what chatting. kind of influences inspired you when you were younger to write?
2: Um well I well firstly i I'd say I'd say well Dahl. Um I loved well Dahl's books. Um you you looked at my website so you probably see I you know Fantastic Mr Fox is my favorite book. Um, and yeah I must have read that loads of times and I didn't own that many books actually I didn't come from a particularly wealthy background um you know but I had a few books and and the Fantastic Mr Fox was one of the books that I actually owned so I read it time and time again but my mum always took me to the library and in those days you were only allowed four books at a time um on a child's ticket now I think you're allowed about 12 or something aren't you but Anyway, in those days, you're only allowed about four. My mum used to take me to the library on a Saturday, and I always remember on the way, she would always say to me, Just make them last. Just make them. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, I wouldn't. I'd go up in my room and I'd read them all that day. But um, first, it was people like Roald Dahl and, you know, the sort of Enid Blyton, like Famous Five, Secret Seven, all of those. Not so popular now, but, you know, they they were kind of popular then. Um, And then I sort of went on to reading things like, I don't know if you've heard of, you probably you must have heard of Agatha Christie but there were these Hercule Poirot books about the the Belgian detective and my mum got me into those when I was probably about maybe about 12 11 or 12 Um, so I sort of and then it it became that my mum had to say to the library like can you just give her an adult ticket not so she can I'll still vet the books but just so she can get more books because these four books are not lasting a week you know let alone a month and I don't want to be taking her to the library more than once a week at the most so, yeah, those were the sorts of books that really, really influenced me. And then, and then later on, when I read to my own children, I loved Shirley Hughes, the Shirley Hughes books. Um, obviously, the Julia Donaldson's. Like, we've all got our favourite. My favourite is the, the Snail and the Whale. I love that one. Yeah, so those books kind of influenced me a lot. You know, Judith Kerr. Um, and, and I still read. I read all the time now. And even though the books I read um, like I love, there's an author called Kaji shiguru who's just got a new book out um, that I've, I've got, I've yet to start I'm frightened to start it actually because I've got this beautiful I can show you I've got this beautiful signed edition that I managed to get which is a special, Jackie might know this is a, one of the indie special indie editions yeah. and, it's got, it's, and it's signed, look and I haven't started it I'm, because I just don't want to ruin it it's just so beautiful and I'm going to have to buy, like, a cheaper paperback version just so I can read it. But anyway, I, you know, he writes in the most amazing, like, magical way. Um, and I think, oh, my gosh, if I could write a picture book that was anything like something Kazuo Shiguri would write, in a, you know, like, that would be an amazing... I don't think I've got the skill level to do that. Maybe he'll write picture books one day, but, you know, or maybe, but that would... I, I guess if I was being at my most, you know... If I was aiming highest, as they say, um, that's what I would be aiming for. But, you know, you know what they say, you aim for the the stars and you might reach the moon, I guess.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How would you say that lockdown influenced your work? Do you think it made you more productive or you kind of struggled?
2: Um, It definitely made me more productive in terms of my actual writing. Um, because I just had more time to write um, I normally um, you know like I um, because because writing books is my job um, I have to um, I have to make money I have to earn a living and um, so lots of the things I do like I, I work in prisons I, I um, run these bedtime story writing workshops in prisons with um, in prisons with Stratford Literary Festival um, I do lots of school visits I do other bits and bobs Um, All of those things kind of often pay the bills, Um, even when the books, you know, you never know when you write a book, you never know if it's going to do well. Um, You might write 10 books and only one of them does really well. So, yeah, so normally I'd be doing all that stuff and then the writing would have to happen around the edges. So whenever I wasn't out doing things, then I'd be writing Um, and usually I'd have contracts that I'd be having to write. So I think stories that I've already agreed with my publisher to write, they would have to come first but lockdown gave me an opportunity to um focus on things that I wanted to write I just had more time I had more time I had time to write what I needed to write what I'd already been paid to write and then I had time to write some extra stuff as well um so I wrote a chapter book as well in lockdown which was the first that um well, actually I, have, I have written a chapter which well, a second chapter I've written um and then that didn't take that long um so I thought oh okay so that was when I started with the with the novel for grown ups, I thought, oh gosh, the world can only take so many <laughs> Polly Hughes picture books. I can't just, <laughs> you know, they can't just endlessly publish my picture books. And the, um, yeah, so that's been great. But then I, I have to say, I did, I did say a couple of weeks ago to somebody else that um, you feel like, for me, I get a lot of my ideas from the world. You know, I might get my ideas from meeting people, or I might get my ideas from, you know, a beach on a rainy day or just just being out there in the world um and I've missed I get a lot of my ideas from the natural world anyway which obviously we're still able to do we can still go on walks and we can still enjoy the natural world but yeah I think I've missed that sort of interaction it just triggers you know triggers ideas I think if it went on for too long I, I might struggle with not with the writing itself but with the actual ideas I think I might run out of things to write about.
0: You talked about, um. so you've said you've done books for different ages, like loads of different ages. Um. You've, from like looking on your website, it says you've also done an audio drama. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it won the Essex Book Festival Making Waves competition.
2: Yeah, uh, that's right.
0: How do you think that impacted your writing? How do you think that like... Did it give you more ideas? Did it like?
2: It impacted my writing too. I'd say, um, funny enough that you know, I said that I was shortlisted in a competition. That was for Essex Book Festival as well. That was the year before. Um, that was like, I getting to the, I got to the, so I was shortlisted to the final six, and that for me was just, um, you know. I don't think many people entered that competition. Like I think it was 160 odd people or something. So it wasn't thousands of people, but it was enough to me to think, do you know what? My writing can't be that bad. Like if I've got to the final six, it can't be terrible. Um, It's got to put me in the top 10% of the people that entered anyway. Um, So that gave me confidence. And we had these brilliant workshops. We had a workshop, which was um, lovely with um, a guy called Andrew Cowan, who is director of um, the, a uh, famous um, creative writing MA at, at um, University of East Anglia, and that was really good. And it was just just gave me a little bit of a confidence to keep going. And then so the next year they had this competition to write an audio drama, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I so I wrote that, and um, and, and, that, and that and I actually I got shortlisted. But as the part of the shortlisting, we had these other workshops. This amazing um, producer from the BBC called J- Jessica Drumgoole, and um, I learned loads of stuff from her. She was just brilliant, and we went up to see um, the, we went up to see a proper Radio Four play being made, and all this, and uh, in London, and um, then they made each of the shortlisted people. They made it into a play, so it was an amazing experience. And at the time, I was also on doing a playwriting competition, uh, not competition, sorry, a, a, like a course. I did this playwriting course at Queen's Theatre in Romford. And um, some of the plays got chosen to be put into like a little showcase and my play got chosen to go into that as well. So that was there was, that was that stuff was going on and it was brilliant. It was giving me a bit of confidence. But I was also writing the picture books. And actually, I think picture books are like the closest books that you get to the theatre because... Um, what you're actually writing when you're writing a picture book is you're actually writing something that really a grown up usually is going to perform because children don't read those books themselves. They're normally read to them. So I kind of always have that in mind, really. And also a picture book is the most collaborative. Um, you know, this is the thing that you have to work most as a team in as a book, because there's so many of you involved. It's not just the writer and the illustrator. There's the designer, there's the editor, there's the art director, Um and you're all working to kind of bring this thing together to put on a show if you like so it's very similar there's quite a lot of crossover there and it really seemed to me at the time that there was a lot of you know there was a lot of crossover between what I was doing with writing drama and what I was doing with writing picture books um but it was amazing to win a competition It was fantastic and uh when um but I won I think I found out it was kind of around about the same week that I met my agent for the first time and uh I went up to London. I was so excited to be meeting. It's amazing. My, my agent is amazing. You probably, I mean, um, you know, like a lot of authors will tell you she's, she's like a legend in the publishing world. I was very, very lucky to sign with her. and I was like super nervous. I knew that it was a big deal. You know, like I'd sent her these books and she'd said she'd been really kind kindly giving me some feedback. And even if that's all she'd done for me, that would have been amazing because that really helped to get my books to the next level. But I sent them back and she said, oh, do you want to pop in and see me? So I went up there. And um, we had a chat. It was lovely. And then she said, "Oh, what are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm writing some. You know, I'm also write plays. I'm doing short stories. I do this." Shit. And then she just sort of looked at me. And she said, "Oh, um, yeah, but it's all about the picture books now, right?" And um, and I was like, I somehow I just knew that that was the. I was, you know, I said the right thing for once in my life and said, "Yeah, it's all about. You know, that's what I'm going to focus on," and that's what I have been focusing on ever since. So um, that kind of forced me to sort of. My mum said at the time I was taking a scattergun approach to my writing. I just, you know, I just wanted to write. I just wanted to be a writer. I wanted it to be my job. I just, you know, I was loving it. I was enjoying it. I was just trying everything, you know. But I think probably if I hadn't just focused down, I would be doing all these different things now and maybe I wouldn't have really succeeded at any of them, you know. Or maybe I would have taken a different direction. Like maybe I would have gone down the drama route, you know, but I probably wouldn't have ever made enough money to pay the bills doing that, that's for sure. So <laughs> now I can do it for a hobby and it's great.
0: So um, you've said that it's writing picture books is like very group, like you work as a team mm. to do it. So when you're writing the book... Um, do you also do like little sketches and give them to the illustrator or does the illustrator just go with whatever they want to do, kind of?
2: Hmm. Um, I don't I wouldn't give any of my sketches to an illustrator, but I do map out my book. So I do. kind of. Um, so, as I said, a picture books in 12 spreads, so I will I'll mark out 12 boxes. Um before I even start writing, and i'll I'll put in each box there might be little diagrams or little words or maybe little rhymes if it's a rhyme book, I might have some of the rhymes coming in then um so i've got it kind of planned out in my mind visually how it's going to look um and you can give notes to the illustrator, so if you if there's something sometimes you write something, you want it to look the opposite in the book to the words um if that makes sense, so then you might write a little note just to say you know i'm meaning for this to look a bit different but other than that i don't like to interfere too much because the illustrator just always um the point at which you that text goes to the illustrator it's no longer your like it's it's your book in a sense you're part of its journey but you know you're you're kind of you're you're not so much handing it over but you're opening it up to the wider team and the illustrator, you don't want to cramp what they're going to do because what they do is amazing. They do something different. you know. They add the rest of the story and, and they add things in that you would never even think that they would add in. you know. So sometimes it is kind of what they do is what you imagine, but it's always better than you imagined it. So even if it's similar to what you imagined, it's always going to be better than you imagined it. And sometimes they put stuff in that you would never even imagine, you would never even think of. Um, and i wouldn't ever want to limit their creativity like in that way because um i know that's not you know that's not where my strengths are but somehow we we come out with we we do create a book together and it is magical when you when you see that end product you know um and sometimes you just click together so well like um sarah who illustrated the girl and the dinosaur we met we actually met one another she's um you don't often meet an illustrator, but I meet one another just um, the year before all of the, this all started or a few months before this all started, the lockdown and everything. And um, it really felt like so much with that book that we were. It was like. I don't know, it was almost, almost as if we did kind of we put so much of ourselves into it that it was almost as if it was always meant to be both of our story do you know what I mean like I I just it it came together in such a good way and I really feel like we came to know one another through the process of making the book as well so um when it works like that it's just you know it's amazing it's a real partnership
0: would you like to do the one minute challenge
2: do some quiz thing a couple of weeks ago on a podcast and I did so badly I think I got five right or something it's terrible and they and also they said oh because they didn't always have like authors on they had to all different people they interviewed so they said oh we've like we've we've given they basically took it like a specialist subject they gave they asked me questions all about books and, the, and they were really hard and uh, you had and they had this rule where if you if you got um Oh, I don't know. How many, how many wrong? Like you could, you're only allowed to get two wrong or something. And if you got more than that, your questions just stopped, and that's what happened. Oh. But they, they, and they even asked me who were the farmers in Fantastic Mr. Fox. But luckily, I answered that one correctly because that would have just been terrible if I'd got that wrong. <laughs> but I did get Cinderella. One of the answers was Cinderella. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm, 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 up for it if it's
0: okay.
2: I can't be any more humiliated than I already have been.
0: In these um questions you can't get anything wrong it's oh, so-
1: okay okay three two one go. what book most influenced you or inspired you as a child
2: oh fantastic mr fox
1: <laughs> what is your favorite word equidistant how do you like your key strong uh if you were where's wally where would you hide oh in some bushes probably
2: pencil or pen can I say both? Pen, I guess. If I had, to, oh, I don't know. It's too difficult that one. Pass. <laughs> what is your favourite children's book now? Oh, uh, the um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name for it. Where the World Ends. Geraldine. I, Jackie will know how to say, how do you pronounce it. Is it Geraldine McCochran? Yeah, I love that book. That's amazing. Paper or computer? Both again. Can't choose. Paper, I suppose, if I had to. Mystery or horror? Hmm. Hmm, that's... <laughs> okay. Good. I didn't want to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done all my questions like that. I wouldn't have waffled so much. <laughs> that was fun. I might try that with my kids later. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's fun challenge, because you get to know a lot about a person yeah
2: really quickly yeah yeah it would be a good like fun thing to do around dinner wouldn't it
0: thank you Holly for being the first to try our one minute challenge and for joining us as the first guest in the new series it's been lovely to meet you
2: thank you thanks so much for having me
1: thank you to our guests today and our listeners at home for joining us for tea until next time